Good morning and welcome to a new edition of StarCast from Planet Waves. My name is Eric Francis Coppolino, the host of Planet Waves FM and the author of the Planet Waves Horoscope and some other things as well. This is the edition for Monday, the 13th of March, 2023. It is 3.13. Thank you for joining me. Uh, today we are up to the edition that is covering Mars square Neptune, or uh, to be more precise, Mars square Mercury, the Sun, and Neptune, with the Moon mixed in. So this is a big chart, and uh, if you've been following along with the Mars retrograde process I've been describing since uh, last uh, J July or so, this is the third exact iteration of Mars square Neptune. The first one was in October. The second one was in November. Uh, then Mars went retro, was retrograde. Retrograde in November. Then it was retrograde for some months till early January. Turned direct, and then Mars recrossed the degrees where it was retrograde. Now it's almost done doing that. And right at the end of that, we get the third contact of Mars square Neptune. And in this third iteration of it, as you can see from the chart that I have provided, just click see chart, or if you're listening on a remote platform, go to planetwaves.net slash starcast, and you'll navigate there easily. Um, you can see how many planets are involved in this pattern in, in, uh, in, in the uh, lines I have drawn in. I, this is outlined in blue lines. So the, the aspect pattern is... The moon opposite Mars, that's the fastest moving one. And then Mars is at 90 degrees to Neptune and the sun and Mercury. And the moon is at 90 degrees to all of those things as well. This is a big chart. It, it has uh, considerable power, like, for example, a big full moon chart. This is a quarter moon chart, but it's uh, unusually uh, emphatic given all of the uh, the aspects involved and the delicate and fragile nature of our times. T charts are always set in context, and a, a general chart like this is set in the context of the times we are living. To me, this looks like the chart of some kind of a bubble bursting or a balloon bursting. Uh, there, there is the, the feeling of bursting coming from that Sag moon opposite that Mars, and then Mars square everything, and the uh, the balloon square uh, the balloon <laughs> known as the Sag moon, the ever buoyant Sagittarius moon, um, is going to get a lot of uh, contact today, and notably, in addition. This is all happening in aspect to the galactic center. The galactic center is at 27 degrees of Sagittarius, pretty much dead on 27 degrees, like 2702 or something like that. And so we've got Mars opposite the GC. We've got Neptune square the GC, the Sun and Mercury all square the galactic center and the moon going right over it. The galactic center increases the scale, and it also, um, by, by which I mean quite a lot, the galactic center is the supermassive black hole called Sagittarius A star, located at the center of our Milky Way galaxy. Uh, that black hole is not enough to hold together 300 billion stars, as far as, um, uh, you know, all these Poindexter astrophysicists are, are telling us, and i dug into this one quite a bit over the years, but something is holding all those stars together, and, and 
suffice it to say, is more than enough that the center of the galaxy is involved uh, in, in this pattern. So this to me is a spiritual homing signal. I think that an underlying message of this chart is to stay grounded in your spiritual process first above all else. This really goes to how you treat yourself and others, and then the ideologies and beliefs and rituals are uh, far, far second to how you uh, conceive of your reality and therefore treat yourself and uh, how you treat others. So keep that in mind. That, that is really the main thing that is uh, transacted between humans, though um, we, we seem to think that money is more important than any of these things. We seem to think, uh, but, right? I mean, that's it. Money and power, right? Like uh, the, the, the ethos of our times is I'll do what I want as long as I have enough money. I'll do what I want as long as I have enough power. Karma be damned. Well, uh, this is not a good chart to play the karma be damned card. Never really is. But this is more like honor the Dharma act as if to hold the world together. The Dharma is unchanging. The Dharma remains wholly intact. The Dharma remains pure and unadulterated. All that changes is humans' willingness to honor this um, this principle. Again, Dharma being the principle of acting as if to hold the world together in all the many forms that we may do that. All right, let's take a look, let's take a look at some other... Uh, concepts in this chart. First of all, uh, there is quite a lot going on in Aries right now. You can see that's right up in the uh, the right-hand side of the chart, just above the horizontal line. The horizontal line uh, on the right, that's the descendant or seventh house cusp. It's at two degrees and 20 minutes, and all that is above that is in the second house. And you can see right now that today there is a triple conjunction going on. Well, that's that's tomorrow, actually, but it's happening now, of Jupiter, Vesta, and Chiron. So this is a, this is a pattern I have never seen before until now, a, a triple conjunction of Jupiter, Vesta, and Chiron. I, I might have seen it in the past, but not noted it or, or didn't uh, stand out in memory, but I don't ever remember looking at this one. So uh, we have Chiron, the healing principle, we have Jupiter and self-actualization principle, right? That's, that is another thing like the Dharma that can thread the needle of many different seemingly separate situations, that can thread the needle of many things that don't seem to make sense. So we have in, with Chiron in Aries approaching the midpoint of Aries, the self-actualization principle. Uh, that that is a thing to stick with, and Jupiter is enhancing that and magnifying that. And there's another form of the self-actualization principle with Vesta in Aries as well, and that is saying make the room in your life for the growth that you know that you need to experience. Make the room for the healing that you need to experience. The first principle of therapy in the form that I was taught therapy primarily, which was Gestalt therapy, uh, which was rebranded as um, holistic therapy by my teacher, Joe Trusso, was that the first property of good therapy is sanctuary. So Vesta 
represents the inner sanctuary that you create for yourself. This can also be represented by a physical space like a room or a place in the woods or by a stream that you go and visit. But mostly it is an interior property, and that is saying to create the space within yourself for the specific purpose and then anything associated with that purpose and the sincere fulfillment of that purpose goes in that space. So you can visualize that space as a place with a fire burning. Uh, That is a suitable visual concept for Vesta uh, because Vesta is a... a, um, Well, it is the symbol of the Vestal Virgins, whose main job was to keep the city fires burning around the clock. And so they were largely fire tenders working uh, in service of a fire goddess, Vesta Hestia, a household goddess more in in Greek terms and and then more of a um, goddess representing the household of the state and the affairs of the state. And one of the great philosophers of, of, of Roman times predicted that when the Vestal Order fell, Rome would be next. And within 10 years of the Vestal Order being absorbed by the Catholic Church and becoming nuns, the Roman Republic was gone. And something else uh, took its place. It was a, it's an ugly history. But it happens even to the bestest and mightiest of empires. Okay, moving along in this chart, also in Aries is a conjunction that happened over the weekend, I guess. It was Venus conjunct, uh, conjunct Eris. Now, Eris is in the picture in, in many ways. First of all, that Pluto square is not quite done. So we've been living with Pluto square Eris all through the so-called COVID era. But also... When we clear all of these smaller, quicker planets out of the way, we're going to be left with two things in Aries. And those two things, say come around May, are are going to be Chiron and Eris. They're currently 10 degrees apart. They're working toward a conjunction, I believe, that happens in 2026. But we are under its full influence now. And that is... A watershed era similar to the one that we are in now. And I, I didn't start this podcast with a, a lot of hyperbole about like what a crucial and important time this is. So let me, in the time remaining, let me contextualize why this Mars square Neptune is so significant. In my view, it is because, first of all, it just is, and it's involved with the Mars retrograde, but it wouldn't be nearly as significant were it not happening right in between Saturn entering Pisces, which took place on the 7th of March, and Pluto entering Aquarius, which takes place on the 23rd of March. These are two major transitional society-wide changes that indicate that we are entering a new era in history. By April, it will be clear that we are in this new era of history, but it may be a lot clearer between now and then. And so this Mars square Mercury, Sun, Neptune is a major transitional moment uh, into this new era that I have been describing in past 
work as an Aquarian era, not so much the Aquarian age. And that's a, that's a, that would be a fantastic day-long uh, astrology workshop, and it would have to be a historical workshop as well. Uh, but I'm calling this the Aquarian era of Pluto in Aquarius, a 20-year phase where all of the, uh, the, the real questions about the impact of artificial intelligence and robotics on the human condition are either going to come up or they're just going to, you know, bob to the surface and be pushed under. And uh, humans right now are flirting with being completely swallowed by the robotic environment. That's any form of digital, any form of artificial intelligence. It's all robotics. You never thought of the your Texas Instruments calculator that can only add, subtract, multiply, and divide as being a robot, but it is artificial intelligence. It is farming out the, the natural capacity of the human mind, which invented mathematics, to do something on behalf of the human mind. This week I'm working on a series of readings called Pluto in a Strange Land, which are addressing all of this astrology under the current schedule. I will wrap that up this week. It may be a light week for writing. Uh, I'm also planning to do a Planet Waves FM later in the week, but just to stick to these video readings, we will put the video promo for these video readings right below this edition of StarCast at planetwaves.net slash StarCast. I know there's a lot of new readers picking us up on remote platforms, Apple Music, Podbean, and Buzzsprout, and Spotify and lots of other places. Welcome to the universe of Planet Waves. The homepage is planetwaves.net. Radio program is planetwaves.fm. I'm also an investigative reporter currently focused on the situation in East Palestine, Ohio, and you can read all of that at planetwaves.org. Just click past the schmutz. Definitely enter your email address onto that list. All kinds of great stuff comes, but you can see my writing at planetwaves.org, mostly my writing related to science policy. The music you're listening to is... Fugue 3 by Jelko, someone I am absolutely honored to have on our team. We're, we in South Park seem to be the only two places that employ composers. Okay, music, movie studios as well. Uh, and Jelko is um, an honorary member of the Vision Quest Ambient Ensemble. Jelko, I love you. Thank you for doing this awesome original music for us. On that, signing off at 11 o'clock in the morning. On 31323, I'm Eric Francis. Bye for now. <laughs>